Welcome to the Indie Writer Podcast, where we talk all things writing and indie publishing. Today's episode is all about finding and applying for indie awards, and I'm excited to be joined by guest authors Scott Semigrin and Margaret Duarte. How's everyone doing today? Great. Doing excellent here in Austin. Well, why don't you both just take a minute and introduce yourselves to our listeners and tell us a little bit about yourselves and your work. Margaret, would you like to go first? Okay. I live on a family-owned and operated California dairy farm. I'm a wife, a mother of two grown sons, a grandmother to two lovely granddaughters, a former middle school teacher, and I didn't start writing fiction until I turned 50 years old. I don't know, did you ask also about my writing? Yeah, tell us a little bit about your writing. (laughs) Okay. When I first read about the Native American medicine wheel uh, for the first time 19 years ago, I was so impressed with this potential as a tool for self-discovery that I wrote the four novels of my Into the Between Fiction series with Medicine Will teachings binding them together, uh, In Between Will and Surrender, which was the winner in the adult fiction category for the 2019 California Author Project, The Seemingly Impossible Happens in the Wilds of the Los Padres National Forest, where a woman goes on retreat to make sense of her life when she believes she is going insane. Between Rule and Surrender is a unique blend of visionary psychological fiction, action, adventure, and suspense for readers who like stories grounded in the emerging science of the mind. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Scott, how about you? My name is Scott Simigren. I live in Austin, Texas. I am a writer. I have been writing for uh, 28 years. Uh, I started when I was 21. Uh, the week after I graduated from college with an English degree, and I've been uh, going at it ever since. Um, I have eight published books. Um, I am also a published cartoonist, although I don't do that anymore. But I had two comic strips uh, that were in. Uh, one, the first one was in the city paper here in Austin for a couple of years, and the second one was uh, in about a dozen uh, weekly newspapers in the U.S. I am the 2019. Um, Texas Author Project winner for adult fiction for my novel To Squeeze a Prairie Dog, which is a uh, literary humor novel about five state employees who uh, stumble across a, a computer glitch that could save the state millions of dollars, and they get um, shoved into a political circus. And I have a new novel coming out in October called The Benevolent Lords of Sometimes Island. It is a young adult uh, suspense novel. I wanted to have Scott and Margaret on today to talk about awards. The three of us met through the Indie Author Project, where we were named winners in our respective states. And it was a really interesting process that led us to um, a lot of networking opportunities and to get to meet other award winners. And I think that navigating the Indie Awards space is a little different than it is with traditional publishing. So I thought we'd talk about that a little bit today. So as an indie author, there are a lot of really great awards out there. Uh, Some of them are based on publishing route, some are based on genre, but they're not always easy to find. So I just had a question for both of you. How have you found the awards that you've gone on to apply for? I can start with how I learned about this particular award. 
that in May of 2019, uh, I actually read an article by Jane Friedman. Uh, it was titled Identifying the Best Self-Published Books by State, and then it said the Indie Author Project. So at the end of her article, she included a link to the Indie Author Project website. And since I've come to trust Jane over the years, I figured it was safe to follow that link and check it out. And then I skimmed over the information about the project, as well as their select ebook collections and library print editions, and all looked good. So given the opportunity to share my book with my library to help increase exposure, I opted in. And then I checked out the uh, Indie Author Project contest, and I figured I was in this far, I might as well take the next step and submit my book. Then I started having second thoughts, and I thought, oh my gosh, I just sent my PDF file of a book I've spent 14 years writing and perfecting to a project I knew little about, and it could turn out to be a giant ripoff. <laughs> then I reminded myself that Jane Friedman had sent me there, and it was too late to turn back, so I pretty much put it out of my mind. And then four months later, I received an email from Emily Gooding that I was a finalist in the California Author Project, and a month later... I received an email that I had won and that I was going to get a prize of $500. And uh, I thought, wow, I have to sell a lot of books to make that kind of money. And uh, when the check arrived, I wanted to keep it as a souvenir, but I wanted to cash it quickly because I wanted to make sure if it was legit. <laughs> and it, it was. So that meant the Indie Author Project was legit as well. Yeah. So what has that process been like for you, Margaret, after winning? Well, I'm a stay-at-home type. I never go anywhere. I rarely leave my hometown, let alone my home state. But going to Nashville, uh, it was kind of out of my comfort zone. Uh, I had a sister as a cheerleader, and she said, hey, this is a big deal. You've got to go. You only live once. So I booked a plane and got a room at the lovely Omni Hotel in Nashville. And I'm so glad I did because it really was fun meeting you and uh, Scott and Emily and Mitchell and all those people involved. It's too bad the coronavirus came around because that kind of stopped some of the other stuff that I, Mitchell had, had said we would do together. But it's okay. I'm, it made me feel like my book had value. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I found out about the Texas Author Project by reading a news release that was, I think, came out of the Bear County library system. And it, did, it just sounded interesting to me. And plus, it didn't have a, an entry fee, which a lot of most of the awards have an entry fee, so I thought, man, why not? You know, part of what interested a lot of people about it was getting in the library systems, and I wasn't as interested in that because I was my books were already in the Austin Public Library system. But just I thought, you know, an opportunity to um, try to get the word out about my work. You know, I, I just try to get as much publicity as possible as I can. I thought, well, this is this seems like a nice free way to get some publicity if I win. And then I had, you know, a couple of highlights happen with this particular award. One is that they um, they had an award reception for me and Michelle Renee, who was the um, winner for Young Adult Fiction. They hosted it at the Texas State Library and Archives Commission in downtown Austin, which is a, it's a government historical library building. Uh, and they had like an award ceremony for us there. Uh, it was very interesting. Uh, and I really appreciate it because my, my kids and my wife were able to go. I had some friends from out of town that came. That was really nice. Uh, and then flying to Nashville to meet the other state winners was, um, was a nice highlight too, because, you know, being able to put a, a face to a name and actually talk to people and, uh, get to share that enthusiasm is fantastic. So it was great getting to meet the two of you as well as a lot of the other authors from their states. 
So Scott, I know that you've also applied for other indie awards and won a few. What has that looked like for you when you go to find those? When you when you go to search for some that might be a good fit for your books? So I actually like to start off by saying I've won six. Ha <laughs> um, ha. <laughs> um, so you know, I've I've applied for indie awards as well as um, other national awards that are not considered indie awards. I've applied for the Pulitzer, and actually, to squeeze a prairie dog was an official entrant in the Pulitzer awards process. I don't know what their process is like as far as selecting the books, but I did receive a notification that um, you know they had checked my book out and had gone through all their checks and balances and was an official entrant. And it wasn't any different than. Uh, most of the indie awards that I've applied for, they had an entry fee. I think it was $60. The only additional step was that you had to be approved to be an entrant, whereas most indie awards, you just send it in and then you're you're an entrant. But I find them to be you know invaluable because they help with other promotional things that indie authors have to do. So if you end up wanting to apply for promotional opportunities like BookBub uh, promotions or those type of things... You know, having awards on top of um, having good reviews, whether they're blurbs from review services or other uh, authors, um, it's just an additional validation of your work. So, and I've I've appreciated that very much. And the and you know, and the other thing is, I'm not into writing now for making money. Uh, it is it is mostly I would say ninety ninety percent a creative endeavor for me because I have another full time career. And so I don't have to struggle or try to compromise what I'm doing to to make money. Uh, I write the books and stories that I want to write. Uh, and if they make money, that's great. That's cherry on the cake. And if they don't, well, then I just write another book. Because the creative process is, is actually my favorite part. Um, and so getting an award is, just like Margaret was saying, is a nice validation, you know, for the for the work that I've done. Um, and of course, some awards, you know, they judge differently, but some, you know, the writing is right up front and, and those are particularly nice. And so I know the Texas Author Project being judged by librarians and Library Journal. And then uh, recently I won uh, the gold for the Benjamin Franklin Award for humor. And that one also, they have a, a component where they judge the writing. And that's, that's very nice to hear when they, when they appreciate the writing. And Margaret, do you have experience with any other indie awards that you've applied for? Way back in 2016, I entered a, a Northern California Publishers and Authors Book Awards competition. <laughs> I forgot all about it, and the ceremony came and went, and I happened to look on the internet and found that I won first place <laughs> out of like 30 other novels that were there, and so I felt really bad that I, that I didn't get to go, and I had, you know, but hey, it's still pretty nice. And then I entered uh, my second and third books in the same competition. And the second book came out with second place in 2018. And the third book received honorable mention in 2019. Uh, so that was pretty exciting because it's all local. Um, you know, it's all of this Northern California. And then I entered uh, one of my books in the International Book Awards and, and, and received a finalist in that. But since then, I've kind of uh, pulled back on the awards and just concentrating now on marketing because uh, you can start spending a few bucks. Uh, now, Poets and Writers Magazine has some interesting contests. Often they are free, but there's some that cost something. But 
those are very literary because mostly colleges and uh, literary magazines that put those on. So they're fun to enter. I haven't won any of those yet, but can keep trying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I think just yeah, throwing your name in the hat, especially on these awards that are either free to enter or are really affordable. There's no downside. I know that some awards out there can have high entry fees, maybe aren't as reputable as they make it seem. Have either of you had any negative experiences in that realm? Well, I found a list. I wish I had it where I could give it to you. I could send it to you later. But I had a list of um, someone had compiled reputable awards because there are some that, you know, you don't really know who they are, what it's going to mean for you. Um, the ones that offer, you know, a monetary prize or some type type of prize that has a, a monetary value is great because let's say you enter the contest and it's fifty dollars. There's a monetary prize of five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. Well, then that would be a nice return on the investment of applying for the award. I guess my advice would just be that if someone's thinking of, of entering an indie award, to try to stick to the ones that are on lists that are reputable um, and try to look for some that have. Either a good standing, like for instance, the Benjamin Franklin Award is um, sponsored by the IBPA, which is the Independent Book Publishers Association. And it's one of the oldest indie book awards. It's been around since the late 80s, I believe. I think it may have had a different name at the start, Um, but I think they're on their 38th or 39th year. And they have thousands of members. It's a reputable organization. Um, The trophy is beautiful. I mean, it was really, I was really shocked when I got it. And they went out of their way to do a lot of things for me as far as promoting and stuff. That's great. Mm-hmm. It was really nice. The other one that I have an experience with is one of my books was a silver winner for the Forward Indie Awards. And that is through Forward Reviews Magazine. And so I think it's nice to just see, okay, is, does this company that is offering the award have a readership that they can then, you know, announce that you've won too and know that through that you're going to reach possibly some new readers? And they actually do. They have a they have a big readership, and they, and they have a beautiful magazine too. That their magazine is really well done. Yeah, and I think Scott, that you made a, a very good point. Some of the contests that I look at, they don't even give you a piece of paper. All you get is an announcement that you won, and then they try to sell you little stickers. And if you want a trophy, you have to pay for it. And I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> sounds to me like they're making a lot of money. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, what I like to get a little feedback from either uh, judges. That's wonderful if you could get that from the judges, or something that you can hold in your hand or hang on your wall to feel that this was really worth it. Because the Northern California Publishers and Authors Award, they spend a lot of money. Their trophies are beautiful, and I know that they have quite a, a selection of judges that that are really serious about the judging. So that makes me feel a lot better about the win. Because if you win those one of those other awards, you wonder when they have so many categories and so many awards, if your book was really that good. Yeah, it was one of the things that the Ben Franklin Awards did was they actually send you the form that the judges fill out. Oh, and nice. So in the case of the award that I won, I received three judges forms. There were two for book design and then one for the actual writing. And it had pretty extensive notes, and it had all the different scales that they would judge those particular pieces for. And it was very interesting. 
Uh, and in previous years, I'd actually learned a lot because on a previous book that I had submitted for an award, which it did not win, the, the book designer comments were very helpful for me. They, they had mentioned some things that I didn't even know about or had thought about and then used those uh, concepts in later books like To Squeeze a Prairie Dog. So it was actually very helpful. Right. And that's another thing to keep in mind. I've entered contests before where my work didn't place, but just the judge's feedback was worth the entry fee to me. <laughs> and so so knowing that your entry is going to get you something of value to you, even if you don't place, is a is a good thing to look at too. And so what does it look like for you guys when you maybe have your name on a finalist or or say you've won? Does your marketing approach change after that? Do you have things that you go ahead and do when you have a new announcement to make to your readership, or I guess just just walk me through what that would look like. I know, Scott, you do a lot of kind of marketing pushes around things like that. Well, I definitely update the details pages on Amazon um, with, with the particular award. I'll post some uh, graphics on Twitter, Instagram. Um, if there's graphics for the medals for the award, then I'll put those on the uh, book page on my website. And then, like I said, I use the awards for other promotional opportunities, BookBub being the one that is so worth every penny. It's it's a hard promotion to get. They're very choosy. And that's one of the things that people know about BookBub. They don't just select everybody, but they have such a large audience that if you do get selected, that you have a pretty good opportunity to get your book in the hands of people that actually read books. It's not just an ad on a site. They have a email list of, I think the last time I saw it was like 1.8 million customers. That's a lot of people to get your book in front of. And so if you have a book award and you have nice blurbs, they're more likely to want to try out your book if they don't know you than just reading a description. So at least they they see that there's some perceived value by having an award, by having nice uh, reviews that they'll want to give you a shot. And I do the same thing when I get an award. I, of course, brag, 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 put it everywhere I can on Facebook, Twitter, you name it. Um, I haven't noticed a huge difference in sales because of my wins. That was a surprise to me. Um, They pretty much stayed the same. I noticed that marketing is hard work, and I feel I have to build a community, and that takes self-confidence, and it takes a bit of rethinking that you're not trying to sell a product. You're trying to build a community. And you need to figure out what is it actually that your readers want and need. Uh, Am I fulfilling that want or need? uh, Or is it all about me? And uh, so it's a balance. You know, of course, the awards help, but there's more to it than that. You know, after receiving an award, it's not like thousands of books start flying off the shelf. Uh, Wouldn't that not, be nice? Yeah, it would be nice. There's not a one-to-one, but it is helpful to have. Right. And so the award itself doesn't increase your sales, but maybe just having that credibility to then use towards your marketing approach can exactly. help open some doors. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of my favorite things about Indie Awards so far is the chance to network at live events and connect with other authors who are in the same boat. Writing is such a solitary existence that it's nice to to chat with each other and um, make connections. And obviously this year, some of that is missing. So how are you changing your approach now? And how are you planning for that day when hopefully every the world turns back on? Well, I have a, um, a book launch event scheduled 
um, with my lo- one of my local bookstores. Uh, it was going to be an in-person event. Um, I've had three, three or four of them with this bookstore in the past, but now I'm doing it through Zoom, so it'll be a, a new experience for me. But um, I'm just trying to keep on just like I would have before because I had an author write me the other day and said, well, it's unfortunate your book's coming out this time. And I said, you know, I had plans for it to come out in October long before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made that, I set that date back at the end of November of 2019 and kind of set the ball rolling then because I had just finished the book and had handed it off to my editor. And I wasn't going to change that course because, you know, I just knew I had a lot to do. And a lot of my sales are through ebooks and audiobooks anyway. That's where I sell the majority of my books. I do sell, you know, paper books, but uh, ebooks is definitely the largest volume, and then audiobooks would be the, the second. And so I felt, well, it really doesn't matter if I'm not in stores anyway, because most of my readers come through their Kindle or through their Apple device. Right. And with me, eight years ago, I formed a, uh, a group and we started a website called the Visionary Fiction Alliance, mainly because not a lot of people are aware of what the genre of visionary fiction is. And we uh, are working lately on marketing together. Uh, we have a marketer uh, that's working with us to try to help us. He kind of uses us as guinea pigs, so it's, it works out for all of us. And I'm, uh, I've been working with Amazon ads, which is not as scary as I thought it would be. <laughs> uh, and I'm hoping that I can, you know, get my my hook and description to the point where when people do click on my ads, that it turns into an actual purchase. I just finished an audio for my book with uh, TV personality and voice actor Kristen Simos. Uh, she's very well known here in the, the Sacramento, California area. She says that'll be done in probably, she'll probably be ready to upload it to Amazon in a couple of weeks. And uh, she gave me a teaser to put on Facebook and, and all my social media. And so far, people are, are enjoying that. Uh, so little by little, it's it's a whole new learning experience. I much prefer writing to marketing, but um, if people don't know your books are out there, <laughs> they're not going to sell. What does they say that there's how many eighty thousand books a year, or even more now that during coronavirus, more people seem to be writing and publishing. So the competition is fierce, mm-hmm. uh, even more so for indie authors. So it's it's a it's a job, but you know, I, I'm, I'm really to, to try. Yeah. I'll have to make a comment on what you were saying before, though. I wish when I was a younger writer that I had made an effort to become friends with other writers. I just didn't know many. And it wasn't until, um, I think it was about three years ago now, that I started meeting some writers here in Austin and thought, why didn't I do this before? It was just so helpful to be able to commiserate with other people not just about writing, but about marketing, like Margaret's talking about, and how hard it is, or you know, the bookseller at the local bookstore, or just any of those kind of things, um, and to just share ideas about stuff. It's been super helpful. I'm fortunate that I've been in um, critique groups for oh between eighteen and twenty years. If it wasn't for my critique group, I I wouldn't be published today because you can only go so far, and then you need the eyes of someone that uh, can see your book from a different perspective. And uh, that they also helped me get involved with the uh, California State Fair. I uh, got my books so I could show them there. And, you know, the helping each other is wonderful 
wonderful that authors do that with each other and for each other. So both of you, it sounds like, have some experience with local awards and contests. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about how to go about finding opportunities like that? Well, here in Austin, um, there's a group called the Writers League of Texas. You know, most states have some type of local writers group, whether it's at the state level or at the city level, if you're in a bigger town or even a regional one like Margaret was talking about. Um, And that's one that I applied for. I'm still waiting to hear back on. One of the ones that I did win was through another association called the Texas Association of Authors, I believe. And that's another, you know, a collective of authors. And it's nice when when your peers choose your book as as the best one. And the same goes here. There's a lot of, in in California, there's a lot of writers group. There's a California writers group, and that has different um, uh, clubs in each town. Like mine happens to be Sacramento. Then there's a Mm -hmm. Sacramento Suburban Writers, the Northern California Publishers and Authors. Um, There's a lot of groups. And I also learned a lot at conferences in the past. Uh, now, of course, with coronavirus, those have all stopped, but we even have a local one in our hometown now, and I got involved in that. And that's a great way to meet other authors and to get a chance on a smaller scale to do a workshop or uh, do a little a speaking engagement, which I've done scared to death, but I've done a couple of them. And usually they turn out to be a lot more fun than I anticipated. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it, it's hard, but Stepping out of your comfort zone and actually getting out there uh, physically is great. But right now, with being stuck at home, getting on social media in any way you can is helpful. I know that it's been helpful for me to just talk to my local bookstore owners and then also look at at like the, the local table at a bookstore that's featuring local authors and just see if they have any award labels on their books, if there's something that you have maybe never heard of, but that is just taking place right in your backyard. And then another resource for finding indie book awards is the Indie Next list is posted through IndieBound once a month that has some up and coming uh, indie books and just looking at the covers and seeing what people are are winning and what they're applying for. Mm-hmm. Years ago, Amazon actually ran an, an award. Uh, it was called the Breakthrough Novel Awards. You have to win four times in a way. You go through phase one, phase two, phase three, and phase four. And I made it with one of my books through the third phase, which to me, that was fantastic. Um, but they don't do that anymore. I miss that. I look at awards just like any of the other promotional opportunities that have to do with the book. And I try to make sure to have you know a list of five to ten that I'm going to apply my book to uh in the process and uh if i'm able to win this use that award as as part of the promotional process and and hopefully if it's an award that has a monetary prize then then that's great as well because that can supplement your book sales and i agree with margaret you know when you receive a check in the mail for an award it's it's a, a pretty astounding feeling i would just uh like i said recommend that you just make it part of your publication process to try to submit to at least a few now, I'm not sure about the Indie Author Awards, but uh, many of the awards are your book has to be published within a certain time slot, like uh, maybe the, within the previous year of the, of the contest or the year of the contest. So you have to really pay attention to that. That's true. Mm-hmm. I have written four books and I'm not currently working on another one because my marketing is taking over. So a lot of contests are not going to be available for my books. 
because already too far back. So keep that in mind when you publish. Look, look out right away, or even before you publish, on what contests you want to get involved in, and make sure. Uh, a lot of times, if you just Google it, you can find a lot of people that will tell you about the contest, and make sure it's one that that doesn't just um, have like 50 or 60 categories, and um, like everybody's a winner. And then if you want to buy a sticker, they'll sell you some stickers, and you know, make sure it's legit so you don't feel cheated. Um, and I think Scott mentioned some really good awards that, that they can um, apply to. Mm-hmm. And we'll put some resources underneath of this podcast episode for our listeners. On that note, Margaret mentioned that a lot of awards will have, you know, a publishing window. So for, for this year's awards, you need to have been published between 2018 and 2020. Do you find that you've had success applying before your book has come out? Um, let's see. I think all of the ones that I've won, my book either came out around the time of the announcement or, or before. So the, my new book is the only one where, um, there was a round of some awards that were being announced and my book hasn't come out yet. I haven't, I haven't garnered any of those awards yet, but there are some that have a larger, uh, publication window than others. And so Margaret is right. You need to, uh, make sure to read the fine print and uh, make sure that your book is eligible for a particular award because some are, some of them are pretty tight. I think the author projects, I think the window's a, a couple of years, two or three years, whereas the Ben Franklin, it's that particular year. So right now they're accepting books that are published in 2020 and that's it. So 2019 are out and 2021 books, like if you think you want to get it in early, are not um, eligible yet. So you have to do it in that window. Let's see, another one that I that I applied for and one is called the Indie Reader Discovery Awards. And I think they have a larger window. Uh, they're sponsored by Indie Reader, which is a book review service. They're pretty great. They're pretty enthusiastic and they, and they promote their winners pretty heavily. And so do you have a method for keeping, either of you have a method for keeping track of awards you've applied to in the past and that you might like to apply to again with the next book? Yes, I have a uh, Google Keep file. Nice. So I got to keep track of them. Yep. Because it is a monetary investment. I want to make sure that I hear back from them. So. Mm-hmm. And I keep a binder for each of my books. So each binder has all the pertinent stuff in it, including contests. I still do things physically. Uh, a lot of people have everything on the computer. That's okay. Whatever works. I'm, I'm just terrible at, at keeping track of opportunities that have been good in the past and making sure I use them again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, one of the ones that um, I haven't won, but I still try to apply to is called the um, North Street Book Prize. Okay. And their top winner gets $5,000. And then some of the um, category winners, I think, get 1000 It is specifically for indie books, the North, North Street Book Prize. I have a funny story. Uh, when, when my very first book came out, I was so proud of it that I thought, I didn't realize how many people write books. When I was in high school, I was the only one. So I sent it into the Faulkner Awards, and I think the prize was $8,000 or something. I really thought I had a chance. <laughs> but uh, live and learn. Well, it probably made it easier as you moved forward to, to take those steps. Have either of you had any experience applying for scholarships or other forms of contests? I know that there are opportunities like that out there for authors. Yeah, you know, there are things that people can apply for that are like retreats 
or or grants. Um, I actually received a grant this past spring from an organization here in Texas called Deep Vellum. And Deep Vellum is a play on words for a street in Dallas called Deep Ellum. Uh, they're actually a publisher. They're a publishing house, but they also have a nonprofit organization where they do some things for authors and bookstores and publishers in Texas. And they had a news release, in, I think it was in April, that said um, something to the, to the effect of, if you're an author in Texas and the coronavirus has affected any book launch or things that you are doing, you know, submit for this grant. And then I was one of 43 authors that received a grant of uh, $250. Um, and so that's, those are nice opportunities, too. And, and those are some things that people can look for in their state or their city that could also uh, be helpful for them. Right. And some of my advice was to tell people, <laughs> don't wait till you're 50 to start writing fiction. Um, I think if I would have started before marriage and children and job and business, I would have been able to take advantage of some of those type of things, you know, the, the, the scholarships and the uh, fellowships and the things Scott is talking about. But um, it, those are nice to think about before, you know, life sets in and, and you get totally unable to, to take advantage of things like that. Right. And there are some awards that don't focus on writing, but focus on things like cover design. Have, do you, either of you have experience with that? I got a first place for my the cover design on my third book. Again, I, I wasn't there to receive the award. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well. But it, it is a beautiful cover. But I can't take credit for that. My cover artist uh, is the one that actually won that award. Yes, my book, my novel, Sammy and Budgie, won uh, not only a writing award, but it won a cover award. And the, the lady that was the graphic designer um, also received the award. And she was super excited because she had never received one before. And um, she was actually recommended to me. She was on a top 10 list of cover designers. Um, she creates hundreds and hundreds a year uh, for big publishers and had never received an award before. So um, when they contacted her, she was super, super excited. Yeah. And how cool to have someone else that is sharing that news along with you. I know she didn't expect it at all. <laughs> it was really fun. Oh, that's great. Before we jump off, I want to give both of you an opportunity to tell everyone where to find you and your work and keep up with what you have going on. Scott, why don't you go first this time? Okay. Well, again, my name is Scott Simigran. I'm an author from Austin, Texas. I have a new book coming out in October called The Benevolent Lords of Sometimes Island. It is, um, if you could imagine, a cross between Lord of the Flies and The Body by Stephen King. Uh, it's about four boys in 1986, who um, they escape to an abandoned lake house and then get trapped on an island out on the lake. It comes out October 1st. You can get it everywhere. Uh, you can get it on bookshop and hardcover or paperback. It'll be on Audible as an audiobook, and the ebook's available everywhere, Kindle and anywhere you get ebooks. And do you have a narrator for that audiobook, or do you narrate your own? I do for this one. His name is Tim Seiler, and um, he was he was just perfect. I, I had done narration before, and it was it was very stressful. So, <laughs> uh, I'm glad with how that, that one came out, but it was, it was a lot harder for me than writing the book. So I opted to, to, uh, to get a narrator for this one. Well, congratulations on the release. Everyone go pre-order Scott's book. It should come out just a few days after this episode drops. And Margaret, where can everyone keep up with you? Okay. My, my four book series called Into the Between. All four books are available on Amazon and everywhere else that books are sold. 
uh, it, it takes my um, protagonist along the four directions of the Native American medicine wheel. And um, uh, real quick, Between Will and Surrender, book one is about a woman who goes on retreat to make sense of her life when she believes she's going insane. Book two, Between Darkness and Dawn, a woman experiences a crisis of faith when she confronts the spirit of her dead mother. Uh, book three, Between Yesterday and Tomorrow, identical twins face truths about change, transitions, and death. And book four, Between Now and Forever, a rookie teacher challenges school tradition and authority to launch seven troubled teens with unique psychic abilities into their own life stories. And my books have been uh, called Nourishing, a Nourishing Read in the Vein of Dan Millman's Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Uh, and you can also find me on my website, www.margaretforwardy.com. Well, thank you so much for coming on, both of you. It's so fun. Yeah, we'll have to do it again. I really hope that one day we all get to be at an event together in the future. And thanks thanks so much, Jackie, for having me on. And it's so nice uh, talking to you, too, again, Scott. Yes, thanks for having me. It was great talking to you, too. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Indie Writer Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will subscribe to hear our future episodes. We want to thank the Writing Block community for the continued support. You can find us on Twitter or Facebook or at writingblock.com, no K. Remember to subscribe, share, and tell your friends. Thanks, everyone, and happy writing!